broke our brains. So we're just watching movies now. Uh, hello and oh oh right right no. right 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 it's no, okay no, i can I do no, it I, I can, no, no, no 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 look it's no, my no, this I, is my thing I just, no I no come okay. on stop this, this hello one is- and welcome to angry little goats i'm oh, eliza no. skinner hello and welcome to angry little goats i'm will weldon okay uh uh so i'm 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 taking charge um oh no because this is uh, so we're doing the thing. I think we said last time we were going to do the uh, uh, TV episodes thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, um, so oh, this week we're going to start with we're going to start the month off with my uh, favorite episode of television, which is not one I'm necessarily proud of, because uh, I do think it's a show for huge lame dorks. And I made fun of it for years <sighs> and it's. It was bad. And then eventually, uh, it's a classic, that thing where you think a show is bad and then somebody shows you the right episode, like shows you the correct episodes in the right order. And then you can watch the episodes you would have thought were bad before. Yeah, but you you can't be scared to love, Will. I mean, I absolutely can. I've I've spent uh, (laughs) my entire adult life. I don't know. I don't know where you got that (laughs) conclusion from, but it's. No. It's uh, lo- love the stupid things you love and cats. Sure. And whatever. I, yeah. I mean, I just, I think I can just. I mean, I you're definitely not going to be cool either way, Will. That ship has sailed. I know. I'm too old. Uh, I'm, I'm my, I'm my birthday, uh, my birthday two years ago, my friend took me to uh, uh, my neighborhood watering hole. Uh, it's just, it, it, just one day it got cool. I don't know when it happened. It's been like since the pandemic. I think it's because they have a lot of outdoor seating now. That'll do it. And um, she took me there and we got there at like 7.30 or 8 while it was still like, you know, it was still like senior hour, seniors hour there. <laughs> so like everybody was they call already. it happy hour. No, this was for sure seniors hour. It's like people okay. were like playing. There's somebody playing a board game. Somebody was reading a book. This sounds lovely. Uh, and then just as time went on, those people slowly filtered out and like young people slowly filtered in. And uh, by about 10 o'clock, I was really struck by the fact that we had, for all intents and purposes, become ghosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were the undead. We were shambling around making rattling chain noises. And other than that, <laughs> nobody really noticed us. Yes, and that yes. Was, that was the moment I really had to come to terms with the fact where it's like, it's over for me. I'm not, I can't ever be one of these people again. I can just be the sad old approximation that everybody makes fun of. Yeah. I, you know, I was always scared of that when I was younger. Um, and then once I got here to even more invisible as a middle-aged woman, mm-hmm. um, I realized, oh, I don't want to be that. Like all these articles about, you know, what younger generations are saying about older generations like oh don't wear your, your skinny jeans and you're parting your hair wrong and chuggy and blue and millennials getting so upset about it I'm like do you care those are children do you like stop by um you know playgrounds and go like do you guys think i'm cool like who cares what they think play your yeah. board games and knit that sounds way better to me like i don't have the 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 loss now i i have it turns out you stop doing those things, not because they're not allowed to, because, but because you honestly just don't want to anymore. Also, they've just got us dead to rights. Um, <laughs> I think it's, they're just spot on. It, you know, when you see like a TikTok of a Gen Z making fun of millennials, it's like, I don't know. What do you want me to do? They're right. It's mm. like, it's like when you're bombing and somebody says like, you suck. And you're just kind of like, well, yeah, I do tonight. Very. I mean, I guess that's true, but I think that's true because I'm a Gen X. So anyway. Oh, right, right, right. Um, um, yeah, what did I, I mean, do today? I went to Luna Luna, the very cool uh, uh, art um, amusement park that's in L.A. now. Do you know what I meant? I think we were discussing it. It's got like like Basquiat did a, a Ferris wheel and Keith Haring has like a, a carousel. It was lost for years. Um, then they a carousel was, made, was lost for years. The whole thing was how oh. oh. it, it all got packed away into shipping containers, and it kind of got discovered a few years ago. And they're <laughs> like, "Oh shit, that's where it's been." Wait, it's a life size carousel. Uh, no, it's a 
it's a whole amusement park. There's yeah. a carousel. There's a Ferris wheel. There's uh, a, Dolly did a a, a, ro- a room of mirrors. Um, Lichtenstein did I don't know it's some sort of maze ish thing. It's huge. It's all these different artists contributing things to it. Um, very cool. But I'm telling you about this because while I was there, I saw um, uh, Jackie Cation, mm-hmm. and I went up to her and I was like, "Hey, um, can you take my picture?" And she was like, yeah, sure. And then I just stared at her, waiting for her to go, oh, Eliza, I thought you were just a stranger. And she did not recognize me at all. (laughs) And I had to go, it's Eliza. And she was like, oh, right. Yeah. And like, then we had our whole interaction. She was clearly like a little annoyed as she had every right to be because that was weird of me. But then also I'm like, oh, I do not, I look like I am in disguise. Like, for everybody who hasn't seen me in person since the pandemic, like now I wear glasses full time. I, I like I, I've gained weight. I my hair is totally different. I'm like, of course, she didn't recognize me. I can't do that. Hey, person I haven't seen in real life for years. It, it's me. She also is a master of pretending like she remembers. Who <laughs> I mean, by a master, I just mean I've like watched her do it a lot to me, which I don't mind. I've had to do it to tons of people and I see her, I don't know, once or twice a year. And uh, but it's like after a show when, you know, the four comedians who did the show are standing around talking to each other and she's one of them. And she can tell that I know her and thus she should know me. But it's so. I mean, we'll like text, we email like she does know me. Oh, okay, But just not my flesh part (laughs) like she knows me as concept um which is very fair uh i just was like oh mental note don't prank people as your way to say hello to them that's just not fun eliza yeah i take my mask off inside just to when i say hello to people so they know who i am especially Mm -hmm. since i've been wearing a hat a lot lately i just it's like this this much is not enough yeah. Uh, for the listeners at home, I'm highlighting my eyes and uh, forehead. I, Although I do think my deeply creased forehead is one of my signature qualities. <laughs> I didn't wear, I wasn't wearing a mask because it was, it's such a huge space and there's so few people there. So I was like, this is, is pretty this, much outdoors. Is this inside? Yeah, but it's inside like a, an airplane hangar kind of space. So did the, I guess I'm... I guess I'm really being confronted with the enormity of the earth mm-hmm. uh, with the very concept of like losing an amusement park. Mm-hmm. Like I know that, you know, they, they lost, they lost all the, the negatives for event horizon. I know how that can happen. I know why we're <laughs> never getting a director's cut of event. Horizon. <laughs> you know, how you can lose some reels, but to lose a, a whole amusement park. Okay. If we want to get conspiracy, like, the, I mean, the story is that it was packed away into these shipping containers uh-huh. and thought and, and it was thought to be lost until somebody opened one of the shipping containers and was like, wait a minute and starts unpacking all these things. But I swear a few years ago, I one of the things I like to search for online is um, like old amusement park shit. I'm like, someday I'm going to find a cool sign or like a, a broken bumper car that's for some reason affordable to me. So I'm what always on the lookout. What are you going to do with a broken bumper car? Uh, put it in my mansion that I have at that point. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. The, you know, I feel like park stuff is a cool aesthetic. And uh, I'm I'm always like, well, I'll mount something on the wall. I'll have like a cool house someday. Oh God, no, I won't. Anyway, look, I know um, I I know my episode is the Doctor Who one, but this is for sure the absolute dorkiest shit that's going to be talked about. Really? I don't see. I don't. I think it's I mean, like cool I as want, hell. I want I my cool as hell. I want my home to have an amusement park aesthetic. No, no, it, uh, old. I mean, like it broke. It like. Uh, uh, have you been to? Have you been to an old amusement park? What you're describing is 
insanely haunted. You're yes! describing a haunted house. This yes! is like, being like, you know what I'd love to live in? An old abandoned mall. Yeah. You know, a kid got killed. 100%. By a it, let's also put that on the table. I would love to. Uh, that is one of my fantasies. Um, and also one of my recurring stress dreams. Have but you been in a mall after it's closed? Pretty much. You, what do you mean? Like for the day or? Well, no. So I saw a movie at the Beverly Center Theater years back before they renovated it. And yeah, when there was a theater. Yeah, the movie let out after the mall was closed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was, so you mean closed for the day. Yeah, yes. absolutely. There were like 20 of us and we were all, we were like huddled together the way people do in horror movies, like trying to find a way out of that place. It yeah, was, but if you knew it had been closed and it was just yours, I mean, that's my, sure. Dawn of the Dead did not turn me off of anything. I'm just like, mm, make some different choices. I, I feel like I could have a great life in an abandoned mall. Um, but- as long as there weren't marauders. But what I was going to say was when I was in high school, um, there was some some knowledge passed down, you know, amongst the cool high schoolers was the entrance. There was an employee entrance for one of the local malls, the cool local mall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dunkley from a part of the um, the parking lot that seemed to be destitute you there was this one door and you can go through that and suddenly you're in the middle of the mall so without having to like park by the quote-unquote front door or one of the major doors you could Uh park and so everybody used this and we all felt so cool to be like i'm walking through the inner hallways of the mall and i don't even work i'm totally not supposed to be here what if we like camped out here what if we like crawled into like the ceiling and like lived here. Uh, I would have had a nervous breakdown trying to do that. <laughs> I've been too obsessed with following rules my entire life. Uh, <laughs> I would have been like, I don't know, guys. I really don't. I don't think we should be going in through this door. See, that's how you make an activist. Get a kid who's really into following rules and then show him how bad the rules are. And he'll want to change them rather than just be a criminal. Uh, Good. Maybe that, you know, maybe that's true. Um, I think I, it I, is. So I watched an episode of TV that you wanted me to watch. This is true. Hold, um, one second. Sorry, I forgot to get the. Uh, it is episode 11 of the ninth quote unquote series. And then I make a fucking jerk off motion uh, mm-hmm. for the listeners at home. The fucking wanker UK people in their terms. Uh, the it 11th sense for it to be a series than a season. Like, well, why do we call them seasons? The other thing we call seasons happen four times a year well because it's like chicago fire is kind of a fall you know oh, uh come on because it's like kind of colorful what breezy you know and i'm then, right like, and then like the this is you know that i'm right like but you have some weird thing. like and it's because like, it's canadian like, disdain for the british which bleeds over honestly in how you treat me uh <laughs> <laughs> well sorry i was raised in alberta um uh uh yeah this the uh yeah uh episode 11 uh of the ninth series of Doctor Who, the episode entitled Heaven Sent. Oh, I thought I watched you talking, you talking about heaven? Hey, that was the title that mine had. It was called You Talking About Heaven? Hey! Is that what it was? What you were supposed yeah. to be? Yeah, I didn't... wait. I watched an Italian American oh. version. Okay. Okay. Um... Yeah, the, yeah, the doctor just sits there and smokes cigarettes and is like, I don't know, what do you want from me? Ask your mother. Hey, you travel through time. You got so much free time on your hands. Yeah, so this was a weird episode. I don't know. I've never seen any Doctor Who before. This was my first time. I got to tell you, I tried watching it. Could not do it. Yeah, okay. I could not keep my eyeballs on the screen. Could not process anything. And so... I was like, I got to have some context for this. <laughs> some just like to know who people are or something. Like, I don't need to get the whole story. And I was like, okay, I, I bet if I watch the first episode of the season, no. that at least has to <laughs> lay things out a little bit. Um, so I did that. And that I had to watch the next episode after that because it didn't quite make any sense. Um, Clara is turned into a Dalek in that and trapped within it. Um, and uh, that made me remember that when I was a kid, I was obsessed with Daleks. And you'd never seen the show, but you were obsessed No, with I'd seen them at Madame Tussauds. Um, Madame Tussauds, which it's a weird thing to have at Madame Tussauds, because like the whole, if the whole thing is about 
wax, wax sculptures of actual yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, like what did they make a wax sculpture of a Dalek? But whatever, it was there was some that's, area. That's like when people do, when comedians do impressions of like cartoon characters. Yeah, it's, it's like, like that's man, an impression not... also. Yeah, he's that's doing like... a funny voice too. Yeah, yeah, you're just doing another guy's funny voice now. Yeah, but so they had some area that was like, I think I think it was general. I don't. It was it was near the scary stuff, but it was robot specific and they had a dalek that would was going exterminate exterminate uh -huh. and so as a little kid you could just find me any hour of the day anywhere just kind of like to myself in a corner going exterminate exterminate i didn't know why i didn't know what it was referring but i it just had a, a je ne sais quoi that i enjoyed <laughs> um and uh yeah so i watched a couple episodes to try to be like okay i, I kind of understand who these people are and who they care about um, and then I started watch, finally started watching the, ep oh, the episode that, well, then I had to watch the episode right before it. Cause that sets the episode up. Mm -hmm. And then my cat peed on the couch and I couldn't handle anything. And so we had to delay taping so that I could have some more time to watch it and then we could do it. So then I did watch <laughs> it and it's very moody. It's, uh -huh kind of a bottle episode which I did not get that sense from the other stuff although apparently it feeds into the next one because the next episode after this is the direct it's, it's heaven, heaven heaven sent and hell bent yeah yeah um but it kind of reminded me of do you remember this is a very long time ago but do you remember um family ties the show family ties oh yes yeah yeah no do you remember when they had I mean the episode... I know of it I, where the guy died and so it was like a one-act play and everything was like all in black and they were just talking about their feelings which which show who was on which show was family ties like who was the cast on that one um michael j fox and oh, yes. justine yes, bateman course. so there so michael j fox's best friend who had also dated justine bateman dies in a car accident and they have a whole episode that's them talking to therapy to the therapist but it's like one-on-one -on -one. inspiration for in treatment <laughs> well but it's so much moodier than that it's just like the actor in a chair talking to basically the camera like what what i'm supposed to feel things i guess huh well sure yeah i do i don't know what to feel i don't know what to do and um that's very much the the sense that i got in this episode about grief kind so of I'll, I'll say what's one thing about you going and trying to get a better feeling for what's going on by watching other episodes of the show i would say of the, of this season i would say this season is awful uh <laughs> i think this season is terrible uh except for this one episode and it's like the middle of three essentially because in the one before it um i guess spoilers if you don't want to watch a not particularly good season of doctor who the episode before this at the end uh clara dies and that's um, his little best friend. He always has a little best friend. Uh, yeah, he's always got a companion. The guy who was running the show. I at find this it time, very creepy. Find it very creepy. It's always some young girl who he's like, she's my bestie. Like, come so that's on. a that's a What's Stephen going Mo on. That's a Stephen Moffat thing, especially. Um, Why is it never a middle aged middle aged lady? So it is, it is the last David Tennant season. It is, uh, and um, okay. And uh, also the last uh, Peter Capaldi season. It's another young woman, but she's like a student of his and she's a lesbian. And there's like abs he acts he acts way more like a uh, grandfatherly and pro like professorially towards Even that. I'm like, well, then they don't call him your pal, like your friend. Then then they're your your student, your mentee. Yeah, something like that. Like do doing this like they're my bestie, like. Just feels very weirdly immature for someone who's ageless. Yeah, who's thousand a billion million years old. Yeah, um, yeah, that uh, that the guy who was running the show at this time, uh, this is people have a real. I mean, he really like bottoms out for a while with the show. But um, so she dies at the end of the last one, and then that leads directly into this one where he's getting into this like teleportation device to go try to find out who was the like. Well, that's I what he's doing. I don't even really remember because the previous episode is called Face the Raven. And it's called that because there's like, it's like she'll die when a raven touches her because of some curse. Like, I've seen it twice to try to get a handle on it. I don't. Here's the yeah. whole thing. Here's the whole thing with the show. The show is supposed to be about 
a space-time man who has a buddy and they go on wacky space adventures. But the guy who was running the show at this time, Stephen Moffat, he wrote like some of the best episodes when it first came back. But when he took over, he changed it to the doctor is the center of everything. He's the most important man in the world. And it's like very serious uh, what he's doing as opposed to like, hey, he's like kind of a goofy guy. And uh, it's like the 90s in um, DC and Marvel when suddenly everybody was like, oh, wait, if these people really had these abilities and really lived in our world, oh, my God, how would they deal with AIDS? Yes. How would they deal with the heaviness of all of the power that they have that the rest of the world doesn't? And like everything got really dark and gritty. I mean, this is a little post that, but do you know what my favorite uh, panel of any comic book ever is? Is it when Speedy's shooting up? No, it's when okay, Doctor Doom the... is. Wait, which one was that one? Speedy. Uh, I think it was the cover, actually. That I believe it was Green Arrow's little sidekick, because they also all got like teen sidekicks. Yes. Um, and he became a he was like a junkie, um, but also his name was Speedy. So you gotta have seen that comic. Um, no, I uh, my my favorite one of all time is Doctor Doom standing by the ruins of the World Trade Center. Uh, holding his mass, his face in his hands and weeping. And wow. it's it's like, listen, Dr. Doom has killed way more people than that <laughs> on what like, I'm sorry, I get what you're doing, but this is so silly. You know, I at at, at 9-11, I had um I had that I think sounds was... like you're tweeting at 9-11. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag don't do it again. Um... I hate you still. <laughs> No, I had um, a Daredevil cover up on my wall. It was uh, Fall from Grace. It was uh, it's this white um, background with like in like just the black silhouette sort of except you can see the 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 windows also of um, the uh, the Chrysler building and then Mm -hmm. a little tiny red Daredevil falling from it. Mm -hmm. And I had to take that off my wall because it upset me too much <laughs> should we leave this in whatever uh, yeah, I, I lived i lived in new york uh during 9 <clears throat> keep going um look i had a still from taxi driver of robert de niro all bloodied with like his hand to his head and mm-hmm. with as like a gun i had that on my cork board in my bedroom uh the entire time i was single and uh i noticed a number of women clocking <laughs> And be like, well, I'm already here. I might as well roll the dice on this. Yeah, line. like in case I wasn't sure who <laughs> I was here with and what I was here for. Yeah. Now let the the scene is set. Yeah. I in fact I think it's. Oh. Is it? Yeah, it's right. Yeah. Uh oh, you can't. Uh, the monitor. Uh, anyway, yeah, big shine. Um. Uh, but um. And look so, at you, married anyway. Hey, this, yeah, now there's a pot for every lid, unless you're neither pot nor lid and a human like me. Um. Also, I don't know that there is a a pot for every lid. That's such an interesting. I know. I it always bothers it feels me. Like, like it shouldn't should be... be a lid for every pot. Yes, I've never yeah. been like I got all these lids and no pots. Well, I'm always to like, be where's fair, the lid actually, for this I... damn pot? I have been because it's easier to have like a lid fall behind something. And then you've got like, you clean out your cabinets and you're like, oh, this is where all those lids were. I got rid of the pots, you know, uh, I'm thinking more Tupperware yeah. than the pots really. Yes. But, yes. Um, That's very fair. Um, but yeah, I do firmly believe that there is not a pot for every lid um, or a lid for every pot. Um, so but this, some of the lids or pots have dogs. <laughs> this uh, this episode, it's also, it's all, yeah, it's like one location and I mean, different rooms and stuff in the location. And it is just Peter Capaldi talking to himself the entire time. I guess there's like a now, brief appearance by that, that uh, I wasn't sure about. Is he talking to himself or is he talking to, I, he's clearly talking to the memory of Clara sometimes, but sometimes I was like, are you talking to the audience? What so is this? He's talking to the people who are respond he he oh. he's talking to whoever is responsible for her death but like okay he doesn't know what's going on so really he's just saying it to himself yes i definitely know that he's doing that when he makes his little taken speech when he's like if you had any part of killing her mm-hmm. i'm the doctor and yeah. i'm coming to find you and i will not stop I yeah like, like okay that's... all right i get the vibe we're going for liam yeah that's that's like the Stephen Moffat attitude towards this kid. Like the first episode with the previous doctor, his first episode, he defeats the aliens by giving a speech about how cool and good he is. And then the aliens run away scared like <laughs> this guy 
really kind of self-identified with the doctor and the show was not better off for it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, OK, so I was going to write questions and then I uh, forgot, but I had two. One of them you already answered. Uh, I was going to ask, what about it? So why? Why did you pick the- it? Yeah. Why would you think I would pick this of all the things, you know, because it's like Doctor Who is not my favorite TV show by a a mile, but this is like the one episode of television I I maybe like the best. Um, I perhaps the grueling nature of it, the fact that the answer in the end is to keep throwing yourself against a wall until eventually that part of your life is over and the next part can start wow what an insight into me um wow uh the wow that's so uh right off the top of your head and really just like pinning the wall sorry no no it's like it was like one time i asked my therapist i was like why do you think men seem to like radiohead so much more than women and she was like well i've never thought about it but i would say it's probably because radiohead's music is so emotional uh yet the lyrics are also abstract in a way where it probably allows men to experience their emotions in a way where uh, it can be non-specific enough that they don't actually have to be admit vulnerable. that it is. Yes, it's like something about it is connecting with them other than the sound of the music. Yeah. And I was like, I oh, mean, there's this. other stuff about this episode that stand out, but I, I that that I guess is a part that seems like it may uh, resonate with you. <laughs> Um, more than some of those other parts. Yeah, so just like quick, the the episode is just, he steps out of a teleporter, he's stuck in this tower, he thinks it's like 6,000 years in the future, and he's being chased by this like weird like ghost monster thing that will kill him if it touches him. Uh, and he's kind of like narrating the whole time. Uh, either talk- This is his specific yes. nightmare scenario in yeah. some ways. Um, and he uh, he also will be like narrate his inner monologue will be like narrating like, oh, uh, I didn't just jump out the window because I'm crazy. I could smell the water below and could tell. Um, but then it turns out it's not in the future. He's just been there for at that point, six thousand years. And he uh, has been trying to punch his way through a diamond wall. Uh, and then the thing catches him, nearly kills him. He goes back and he uh, kills himself to teleport a new version of himself back into the room who doesn't remember what happened, but he's kind of left himself clues as to what's gone on. Um, And then he spends 2 billion years uh, punching through this wall, which I will say, I think 2 billion is too much. Well, it's one punch each time at most. So yeah, he, I mean, he kind of, and I really, so it's like a thing I really like about uh, this episode, especially at the end, the last like 20 minutes, uh, I think the I really love the editing a lot because mm-hmm. once he once he realizes what's going on, uh, he sort of gets his memory back of how he's been doing this over and over and over. He starts using this Brothers Grimm uh, story as like a kind of analogy for what he's doing. Um, and as and then it the editing speeds up quicker and quicker and quicker, showing him kind of going through all the same set of experiences and punching the wall. But uh as it goes on, he's getting deeper and deeper, th- further and further through the wall and is uh, uh, getting further and further into the story. And then by the time he finishes it, that's when he finally breaks through the wall with his last punch. Um, and uh, that whole sequence, I think, is edited so well uh, that like it, a part of it is like on a technical level. I am just like deeply and incredibly wowed uh, hmm. by it. And also, I do think there is something about that's fascinating to me of having a dog shit season of a television show with one very, very, very good episode just sort of like thrown in there in the middle of like a trilogy of episodes that that otherwise stink. Like the season finale makes no sense. Again, I've seen it two or three times. I could not explain to you what was going on. I've really been getting into uh, I think I've probably I mentioned before uh, watching these films that are based on stage plays on very simple stage plays um partly because i like the thriftiness of space Mm -hmm. and character when it's like this had to be done on stage um and there were only three actors and there was only one set so how does that look on film and still like seem dynamic and 
Mm-hmm. And it definitely had some of that for me where it was like, oh, okay, this is all in one place. Um, I know we call it the bottle episode, but um, yeah, I, I so I like that of it. I also, so the scary, the, the monsters on from the little that I've seen of um, Doctor Who do seem just peak silliness, which yes. I very much enjoy. Um, especially it's a children's show like well but at this point it wasn't I mean this episode for sure isn't and I really enjoy as you will probably note in my episode that you have to watch Mm -hmm. uh, people taking really silly silly stuff very seriously and selling it to me well Um, and the the scary monster the way that it like reaches for him every time is very indicative I think of all monsters all like definitely the universal monsters everything it's like oh this monster any monster image is like oh, it's coming to get you i was thinking and thinking about it and seeing it in this i was like is that all based on just being an infant and people reaching to like pick you up and the scariness of like oh, these hands i'm gonna come and pick you up and you can't do anything about it because you're just a baby yeah that must be a frustrating experience for a right somebody once told me that the reason chihuahuas are such pieces of shit is because people are always like picking them up and moving them around chihuahuas are angel babies uh but they're pieces of shit like i love chihuahuas but there's like so often like extremely like aggro and rude and like maybe they're like that because a lot of people call them that and treat them that way um my dog is a chihuahua mix and he's the most perfect dog ever so Mm -hmm. maybe we should move on uh uh, well i also had a chihuahua mix and i would say that was not my experience with him (laughs) yeah yours was cantankerous yours had worked in the government and knew what everybody did and knew he couldn't change it at that point was still fucking hanging around i would also describe my dog as more chihuahua than yours if we can get into if i can get out the calipers and do some race science yeah maybe um he he had kind of the face and like i said he loved to snap at people and get mad and uh yell if you bumped into him um same 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 it it's so i'm also so could you could you follow like the basic like through line of the plot of the not at first that's why i had to go back and watch up and it did help because i was like oh okay this this little child who is his best friend weird it's apparently a, a woman means in her late 20s quite be. a bit to him um and um and she has uh and he he's he's that's why he's going to try to like avenge this death and that's what he's talking about trying to do um then once it got rolling once it was like oh he's trying to figure this out as much as me then i that it was a little bit easier because I'm like, oh, I'm not supposed to understand some of these mm-hmm. things. As soon as he finds the clothes after he goes underwater and he changes into these clothes that he finds by a fire and then he puts his wet clothes in the same place. I was like, OK, well, obviously, this is something that keeps happening that mm-hmm. he some version of him. This is some kind of cycle that we're in. So I'm smarter than the doctor. Um, but uh, yeah, I was just. Um, it it i feel like people do so often try to explain all of like grief and i feel like this was an attempt at that and it's like you you, you can't you're not going to it's just too big and changing a thing to encapsulate in an episode of a tv show you yeah know what i mean i think we've also maybe we might have said this uh during the first for at some point but it also is the thing of like so often um i first i think you might be giving the episode actually a little more credit in the idea that it's an exploration of grief as opposed to just like it's a cool guy doing a mystery in a tower um okay that's like the right i think that's probably where the writer's coming from but uh the i think they're part of the reason it says the whole like the day you lose someone is not the worst day at least you have something to do that day yeah, and I think like the Babadook is a better example of exploring grief because at the end the monster the monster is still alive in the basement and she just has to go down and like feed it and hope it doesn't uh, come and kill her again 
Whereas like almost every other movie about grief or trauma at the end, it's like, and that is that. Prob- well, imagine oh. this this done without the grief. I think that would have been, honestly, a thriftier later episode that would make it easier to follow along the puzzle aspect of it. Um, but I, I get the feeling that that wouldn't have felt important enough. Dude, that's the whole thing. Everything has to be important with this. Yeah, movie. that's I, I think that's what I'm saying. That it's like it, it's, you can't you're not going to knock it out of the park. And just like everything, everything is like a, it's like, well, who sent him there? And then it's like the whole season, there's this overarching thing of like, well, who is the hybrid? Who is it? And uh, you, the whole time you're like, I don't care. Like, come on, man. Just have him go back and like. Have them go back and like fight Shakespeare or something like that's what the show is supposed to be. And instead, you're giving me all this insane mythology like so stuff like like were you familiar? Were you familiar with the idea that when the doctor dies, they regenerate into the next doctor? Yes, because I've heard the news about different doctor castings that people are like, what? And then people are like, hey, regenerating. Yeah, people were- You could regenerate into someone of a different race or gender. Yeah, people were annoyed it was Peter Capaldi because uh, people really felt it was like time- Because he's not hot? Oh, no, okay. It was like they time were ready for, for it to not be a yeah. white guy. Um, and, uh, but like, there's, <laughs> especially at the end, like at the end, when he shows up on that desert and starts talking about like Gallifrey and puts on his sunglasses, uh, were you just like, what the fuck is this shit? A little bit. Yeah. When he put the sunglasses on, I was like, okay, wait, I thought we had just spent two billion years learning something and now we're not learned. We didn't, the the lesson is lost. Now yeah. we're back to exactly where we were right before it. He's uh, those sunglasses are essentially magic for all intents and purposes. Oh. The sonic sunglasses, because okay, the doctor normally has like a sonic screwdriver, which is like sort of like right. And like I did see when he anymore. lost that in the episode before. He was like, "I don't do that anymore." Yes, I'm not uh, a sun. I'm not a screwdriver guy. Yeah, and the rumor is the BBC got so irritated with Stephen Moffat for having uh, the doctor solve every problem with the sonic screwdriver beyond what it should be able to do that. Okay. They were like, no sonic screwdriver this season, do something else. I, lo- I, I, I looked it up uh-huh. to be like, okay. I was initially just trying to figure out how, cause he, he's not one of the doctors that I recognize. Mm-hmm. Um, I recognize David Tennant and Matt Smith. Smith. Yeah. Um, and the lady, um, and uh, so I was like, where is he? Was he before all of them or in a month amidst that? So anyway, I looked it up and I ended up finding something that mentioned that at the end of this, when he's like, yeah, uh, the hybrid, that's me, mm-hmm. isn't him. It's There's a character named me. And that's who Maisie Williams was playing. No, I think that's just an insane fan theory from... Oh, okay. Because in the next episode, I'm pretty sure in the next episode, you find out that the hybrid is him and Clara because he goes back in time. Oh, Jesus. He goes back in time and fucks with he. So there's he doesn't the whole thing with the doctors. It's like there's certain events that can be messed around with. But broadly speaking, you can't really mess with the time stream much. It's like too dangerous. You're not supposed to. But he goes back and he saves Clara uh, and then all the other Time Lords, uh, Time Lords. I wonder if this thing uh, started in the 60s. Uh, They go and they try to stop him. And then he sort of realizes the two of them realize that together they're just too dangerous. Uh, Like like Loki. Uh. Never mind. Keep going. I don't know. I Together, didn't they're too dangerous. Or you mean they're, like they're you mean like they're too the time like, streams? They're no, like no, 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 low key. No, these no, two no. are dangerous, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But high key, popular. I'm about to spill some tea. Uh, they ain't it, Chief. Oh gosh, it's giving trying too hard. It's giving pick me. Um. Uh, but so he um, they're too dangerous together, and then Clara ends up uh, like wiping his memory of everything that happened and then going off with somebody else. Good for her. Yeah. Um, Someone age appropriate, I hope. Yeah, I believe so, yes. Mm. Um, No, she finds an even older man. (laughs) 
an even older, more condescending man. <laughs> a Time Lord daddy. Him. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, they find a, a Time Lord Facebook uncle and she so, goes up with him. So the reason that you like this episode the best is that the that montage and the editing. And yeah, that's like a big part of it. It also is. You know, it it taps into that uh, it taps into that part of me that loves like a big uh, like a a sort of like long rousing speech or monologue. It doesn't even necessarily have to be rousing. Um, and it you know it's like I'll be like um, I give a you know the credit and like oh the performance it's tough to just be the only person in an episode of television and have to carry it like it's extremely mm-hmm. difficult to do something like that. Um, but I guess at the end of the day, if I'm just like being honest uh, and trying not to fit in at uh, 4100 bar, uh, <laughs> I uh, I guess I just think it's I just think it's neat, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's neat, and it all all kind of wraps up like the sort of circular nature of it, and uh, 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 yeah, and it's like I am. You know, I am like a very emotionally repressed person. So sort of like big emotions and things, mm-hmm. uh, especially from like men kind of like tap into a thing for me that I would rather uh, be corked up. And then uh, that bottle thrown into the ocean. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. And then the ocean and then climate change, like making the ocean <laughs> so that I can't even go in and retrieve it. I mean, it's point. wild how little emotional um expression and exploration for men there is in film and tv that has nothing to do with war like all of it is police stuff war stuff um former war stuff like veteran yeah, or like stuff. Meta- or like metaphorical war stuff where it's yeah. like the movie warrior is about a mixed martial arts tournament and it's the kind of thing that people would describe it as like yo they went to war with each other dude yeah, when or I was people, I mean guys. When I was younger, I went through a pretty hardcore war movie phase and I was like favorite genre. And looking back, I was like, oh, I think I was just like, wow, look at these men having emotions and really <laughs> like they're close to the surface. They're really feeling them. They don't have time to repress them because their lives are in danger constantly. Um, um, I will say uh, one I almost uh, different episode I almost chose was uh, uh, the Band of Brothers episode Bastion. Hmm. Um, I have not watched Band of Brothers yet. I I started recently um, and then fell asleep. The, <laughs> but I think the middle there's like a middle three or four where Bastion is about it's the medic, mm-hmm. um, and the Battle of the Bulge was like. Do you know the Battle of the Bulge? Just hum a few bars. Um, okay, that wasn't that wasn't the joke I was expecting. Uh, um, uh, it's it uh, that episode isn't in because they're being shelled. They have no supplies, almost no ammo. They're sitting in uh, frozen ditches in the snow, mm-hmm. uh, bored out of their minds until they start getting shelled with artillery, and then they're like running and jumping in their holes and hoping they don't get hit. That's what she and, said. Um, it doesn't stop. Why the Battle of the Bulge? <laughs> Nothing. It's a song analogy. Why don't you say they're jumping in their holes? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hoping they don't get hit. <laughs> just boink. Right in- <laughs> I don't uh, know. <laughs> but just that know. it's that, that depiction of war as being insanely boring. Uh yeah. And watching it and realizing, like, oh my God, I bet you are like fucking like no wonder troops will get up to so much bad shit. You're just like sitting around in a tent or whatever in the desert with like nothing to do. So you know about that like um, New Year's or Christmas Eve truce supposedly from World, World War II, or World War One? Yes, um, yeah, because little... new, yeah, it was a no man's land thing. That was one, um, and uh, a so a more vicious. I I was listening to a radio show about it this uh, or a podcast about it this year. And it reminded me of, you know, and I'm obviously thinking about what's happening in Palestine, you know, they're even closer, um, you know, when you have European countries fighting each other, it's like you're these these bloodlines are not super duper far off, but Palestine even closer. Um, and it reminded me of another thing that I was like weirdly obsessed with when I was a kid was this song um, 
by this guy who turned out to, this British singer for kids who turned out to be a pedophile. As oh my god, I knew as soon as <laughs> I knew as soon as you said this British singer, I knew Rolf I like, something. I like, this guy's a pedophile. Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, he wrote some bangers for kids though, but this one is like there's this genre of children of children's songs or whatever, like kids stuff that I was so into that was like, look how I would love how like like um ne- pointy the emotion could get where i'd be like every time i stick i jab this into my hand i cry every single time with this song um and it was uh, uh, i'll i'll recite it not sing it but two little boys on two little toys okay now i don't remember the words but it was um these <laughs> two little kids were you hoping they then, were going to come to you as you started well i thought i knew cuz i since i knew the beginning right off the top of my head i was like i got to have all of it in there it's in there someplace but i don't know it's there's trauma too it's so, like when you start to crack a joke and you're you're starting and you're like surely i'll find the humor in what <laughs> i'm saying i'll get I'm there uh, let's keep skiing yeah. um so yeah, no, it's um, it's about these little boys and they're playing together, and one of them falls off of his little hobby horse, mm-hmm. and they're playing, and um, and the other one is like, "You can just ride on my hobby horse," and um, he sings, "Did you think I would leave you crying when there's room on my horse for two? Climb up here, Joe, and don't be crying. We can go just as fast with two, you know." And so, and then, long years passed, the song keeps going on, and then they're adults at war with each other and on the battlefield one of them comes across the other one lying there dying he picks him up he puts him on his horse and he sings did you think i would leave you dying when there's room on my horse for two climb up here joe and don't be crying i can go just as fast with two did you say joe i'm all a tremble well, perhaps it's the battle's noise, but I think it's that I remember when we were two little boys. Really got to me every time as a little kid Wait, when I what? wasn't going exterminate, exterminate. <laughs> I was just feeling sad about these little boys in this song who had to shoot each other when they grew up. Uh, I'm also now I'm I've I've just gotten the image of you as a child wandering around going exterminate exterminate while holding a paint roller in one hand and a plunger in the other <laughs> yeah because uh, that's that's what the, that's, that's what they what, are yeah yeah um and in fact they tried to at one point they tried to modernize it and make it not so silly People and got mad fans were so angry that yeah they changed it back i remember my parents being like do you know what that is and i would be like no <laughs> they're like well, okay <laughs> um um I mean, that's not as strange as I, as an adult, realizing. <laughs> uh, one day I was in, uh, I think I was in a Trader, either Trader Joe's or a Vons, uh, and I'd been in there for like 15 minutes when I realized I had been wandering, I had been going through the store quietly saying to myself, um, many of these trees were my friends, like a uh, tree beard in the, uh, the two towers. <laughs> Uh, and I just been, I, and the store is not empty. <laughs> there were, there were plenty of other people around and I think I just been doing it like on a loop. Like, Oh, I do that kind milk. of shit all the time. Dude. It was all so bad. Like I to be I, doing the voice too. And like under my breath. And it's why when people will uh, talk about when they'll I talk would about love being... to come upon somebody doing that. I that would like make my year. If I was in a grocery store and just came upon someone just mumbling in a tree beard voice. Any of these trees were my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would be like, we are all whimsy. <laughs> I was doing it so much. I I have just given up on not seeming to be insane with my dog. So like to me, it's like, oh, it's eek. It's that makes sense as a reason. Like I'm talking to him is less uh. crazy than I'm just talking to myself. And yesterday I I was um getting him in the car and I started saying uh we, we were leaving the grocery store, I guess is what reminded me. And I was like, Well, you, you want your own seat? Sorry, I'm afraid not. I'm afraid, hey, you know what? You need to hear this joke. And I sat in the car with him and told him this whole shaggy dog joke because i'm like you'll understand 
why that was so funny to me. And then he just looked at me and I was like, all right, maybe when you get older. Um, (laughs) See, so I guess I got you beat. It's about, (laughs) we got to entertain ourselves. That's all we have. We're all going to die. We're all going to be forgotten. Have some delightful little moments. Those kind of moments remind me of the, I think it's the, it's the last sketch of the second season of, um, I think you should leave the little, the little girl in the like old guy with a beard watching the video uh, mm-hmm. and about getting your ear pierced mm-hmm. and um, uh, the old guy in the video about being brave about getting your ears pierced him going I'm sitting here laughing my ass off to try to trick myself into my dead self into thinking I had a good life uh, <laughs> I mean yeah that's the thing <laughs> that gets me when people are like what's the point of life what's the uh, what's my purpose I'm like nothing there's no point of life there's no purpose there's no so just like put as many little like candies in your basket as you can candies are nice moments in this nonsensical metaphor i don't know why people expect some sort of like grand philosophical meaning out of what began with like a lightning bolt striking a pile of goo like there's just no it's it's like okay if i do this then i will have done life right I guess is the thinking like the, well, what's the most important thing, whatever you want to be the most important thing, you, you got to live it. Like, even if you just, even if you decide, wow, everybody else thinks the most important thing is opening a, a garden supply store. That's oh, the most oh. important thing. And you do that and you spend your whole life opening a garden supply store and running a garden supply store and then you die and you're like i'd never liked garden supplies well you wasted your whole fucking life uh doesn't yeah, matter i'm, you I'm still pure, you don't win then i'm pure hedonism uh all day every day 24 7 365 see i worry that people think hedonism when i say this but i i, I don't mean that i don't no, mean like i do though i'm all he i am i am as we record this as we're recording this i am getting sucked off by all, but, a member of all seven you genders. couldn't be hedonistic if you wanted to the second you started being hedonistic you'd be like "Ugh, i'm such a cliche i'm gross who said who i deserve this for what uh this is such an obvious way to be hedonistic yeah one uh i had a um i had a a a joke i think in the when i sold a pitch years and years and years ago whoa did everybody hear but there's just a joke in the pitch about how back when i was my own bitterness uh, back when I was, uh, well, if it makes you feel better, I made before tax $17,500 off of it for like two years work. Wow. That's pretty good. Uh, well, no, not for selling a pitch. <laughs> um, uh, 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 the guy I sold it was with was like, if we'd sold it anywhere else, it would have been at least 60% more than that. He was like so upset. Uh, but, uh, there was a joke in it about, I would do a joke in it about how, like, when I was just like having sex with, you know, whatever, like people on like dates or whatever, my own pleasure, my own pleasure did not even reach like my top 10 priorities mm-hmm. uh, of doing it. I had like a whole bunch of other like fucked up priorities that preceded that by a, a lot. And so mm-hmm. it is like, I can't even, I, I can't. You can't even like a stupid show without giving yourself shit for it. Yeah, There's exactly. no way that you could like, Eat, eat a whole can of whipped cream like you just can't you you've got That's, internal bumpers i can't i guess food food is actually the one thing i love no a- because you will punish yourself after it you will talk about what a piece of shit you are you no, absolutely I don't will have, i don't have the food i don't have that with that's the one thing yeah well you post like you do well baking is different baking it's not about it's the pure enjoyment of food i don't have it with baking uh i get to punish myself over the like execution because it's something i'm i'm doing in addition to eating and baking then it's like yeah it's like i mean if i make a bunch of donuts i shouldn't just eat and sit and eat all the fucking donuts myself i will physically feel like shit so then i think i'm being kind of reasonable about it yeah like i think that that may be what would be different if I was in this whole Doctor Who scenario that Doctor Who was in? <laughs> if I had, if I'm like, once I know, which I guess he doesn't ever know 
that he's doing this over and over and over and over again. He, it's he, new every time. He 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 has the realization when he sees the diamond wall that the TARDIS is behind. So it's at the end of every time. Oh, because yes, he, the, he doesn't when do the fast zoom on his face and he's like, oh, and then it cuts to him in the TARDIS, which is clearly his mind palace being yes. like, oh, of course. Now I understand. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. I'm just saying like in the then he does it again and again and again. Yes. All oh, of yeah. those times he doesn't know what he's doing until he gets to that. Yes. Each time. Yeah. 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 Because. Yeah, I definitely feel like if I if I if I knew I would I would do a little bit more Groundhog Day, you know, <laughs> take a couple of those days and like just have some fun. Just learn a learn a skill. You I dumb. mean, he already knows how much time it takes for the scary monster to chase him from one side of the bad building to the other side. So you can have some fun in there, you know, work on it at your souffle. It it also though is also kind of weirdly like an anti butterfly effect episode because he does the exact same thing every single time. Um, but some of the variables would have to have changed a little, like you well, can't see, put your wet clothes to dry in the exact same position. You can't leave your own. I, that I do buy that. I do buy. I do believe that if, if 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 you are not pushed to make a different choice, I think we're going to make the same choice over and over and over again. If there's not a reason why he can't put the cl clothes exactly where they were, I buy that it would be in exactly the same spot. Like why, if that's where he wants to put them, that's where it makes the most sense for those motions to let it fall. It's going to be that over and over and over again. Also, Unless um, there's like a breeze through the door or somebody preventing him from doing it. So when he sees the stars in the sky and realizes it's X number of years in the future, I guess I feel like you would maybe have a reaction at some point to being like, uh, he also says, I believe he says in the episode, a thousand, 1000 million years, uh, which always struck I, me. No, I don't remember. Maybe. Well, maybe it did. I definitely know that it's 7,000 at the beginning. You said yeah. 6,000 on the podcast. And I was like, should I correct him? Oh. No, let him have this. Um, uh, also, would you, this was the last question I- That I guy, no. So so coming into this episode, I guess, well, I would, uh, no, I would simplify it to, uh, would your experiences with the episode <laughs> lead you to want to watch more? Leave you in a neutral state where you were like, I don't know if I was like, dating somebody or had a roommate or was visiting my parents and that person had it on and was like watching it, I'd be fine. Or are you just like, never again, I'm out the way I like will not watch the vampire diaries. No, not I'm not never again, but I'm not like, yeah, let's watch more of it. I am definitely, if I was pushed to, I would be amiable about it. Um, that it, what I like about it is I'm at least right now, I'm very much into these types of shows and movies and stuff that I'm calling, um, what's even going on? Okay. What? That's kind where, of Stephen Moffat's main like, thing where he's like, why did the TARDIS explode? Okay. Well, who was the astronaut who shot the doctor? Yeah. Well, like there's now, some stuff going on. And then by the end of the episode, you're like, wait, what's even going <laughs> okay, I guess I gotta watch another episode because what's even going on? Um, and this definitely had that, but it wasn't the most satisfying. It wasn't the most satisfying puzzle, but it, I, I did like how far how what a big leap it was that the mm -hmm. answer to this puzzle, spoiler, was just fucking knock your head against it for two billion years. It was not, you know, did you have you watched The Magicians? Uh, I've watched some. Oh, I've talked to you about this before. Jess really loves it. I've seen some of it. Uh, I have read the books, though. I love the books. I've read. There's the books. an episode of The Magicians that just knocks everybody's socks off and poops everybody's pants. They so, all just spoiler, fucking love it. Spoiler. Skip ahead. I'm gonna say I'm starting a timer now. One second. Hold on. One second. Hold on. So I'm gonna say, skip ahead. Two minutes okay go is it uh unless you've seen the magicians is it the episode where they live a uh 
uh, a whole yeah, life. the whole life in a day. Uh, Quentin yes. and, uh, Elliot. Yes, yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Well, now we have a minute and forty. Well, and it's the same, the same sort of thing, especially in that it comes out of them trying to figure out this that um, mosaic. Yes. So rather than it, them needing to have a clever solve for it, it's like just try it with one different with one difference every day try it and try it and try it and try it and then you've had a whole fucking life um and you know what uh one of the most irritated times i've ever had uh as a dungeon master was with an old group i used to play with they found a puzzle in the dungeon and one of the players was like uh i don't know i try every possible combination and that to me was so irritatingly uh, I wish for spirit, all of the wishes was so irritatingly not in the spirit of the game that I really punished him a lot for it yeah yeah <laughs> uh, yeah somebody showed up and like whipped his ass and then robbed them uh because I just was hell I, yeah come on this is do it or don't do it but don't. yeah the spirit of the game is I'm in charge not you I, well, um play it or don't but don't be like uh I don't know yes. I just do it but yeah this has the the the, the same sort of like well, what if, what if there, there isn't a clever answer? It's just a whole life, mm-hmm. um, which is a kind of, it's an interesting shape to a story that um, they don't usually take. Um, have you, uh, yeah. And I also know, um, yeah, uh, Jess really loves that episode. Uh, talked about it a lot. She also is extremely irritated by how, it does not have the effect of on Quentin's remainder, the remainder of his time on the show, as you would. Yeah, I've, I don't know. I've done some read. I don't know how much was the actor and how much was the, like there, there, there seemed to have been some unhappy yeah. vibes with he that actor. And... He asked off the show. Um, he is, yeah. he's married to Mrs. Maisel. And I, I know like rumors or theories that, he, he wanted jealous. to be with her. He wanted to spend more time with her. Oh, really? I'd heard that he was like jealous of uh, what she was doing versus his like silly show on sci I mean, that makes sense too. Who knows? Who knows? But yeah. I do feel like um, they, his character, I think, I, I think some of the, the choices made with his character were a result of that actor, whether it be how the yeah. writers felt about that actor or whether it be what that actor was wanted to do with the character that he was playing and was pushing for. Yeah. I mean, he's the, he is like flat out, like the main character of the book. Until he is not. Um, uh, oh, uh, of yeah, the books. Of the book yes. and the show, they made it much more of an ensemble. Um, what the, oh, okay. Spoilers. Your timer. I don't, there wasn't even spoilers. We <laughs> no, just talked spoilers. about another show. Um, the anyway. spoilers the show, I mean, unrelated spoilers. Um, so uh, the next also, episode. Some, oh, some okay. of the sweaters, some of the sweaters they had, um, some of the sweaters they had, uh, the the blonde in were like ridiculous. Uh, oh, yeah. The girl. Yeah. There'd be times where would be like, come on, you did not have to choose the tightest possible sweater. Well, and I, I also I didn't like her character because I was like, so which is it? Is she a good girl or is she the smartest girl? Like, what? Like, I don't know. She she's just it, it didn't. It wasn't a satisfying character to me. Um, there's also uh, the third book actually has a great part in it, which uh, kind of like resonated with me, sort of, or at least like didn't resonate. It made me feel better, uh, f- like thinking about like myself currently as like a comedian. I'm like, I just feel like I'm so much worse than I was mm. like at my my sort of peak. Uh, but there's a part in that book where he kind of talks about himself the whole time as like a very mediocre magician. He's like, you know, I'm fine and everything. And then someone who had been his student, they're like working together. And then it cuts to her. It's one of her POV chapters. And she talks about watching him and being like, absolutely like blown away by the things he is just doing very casually from like, just because of the years and years and years he's had of like living in this. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm just like, Maybe I'm better than I think sometimes, you know, maybe it's just this standard I've developed for myself and you can't really see your own progress, but maybe I, I stink. I don't know. I'm me. I have to leave that uh, possibility uh, way, way open. So well, the steps become less in your hands as our type of career goes on. Like it's less about like the challenges that you place for yourself or the things that are up to how many times you ask to be booked on that thing or whatever. And more like, just 
are you going to get the opportunity? Yeah. Is someone else going to give you the opportunity to try to do this next, you know, level of expertise in the thing? Yeah. Well, and now I will wrap this episode up, as is my job, oh, uh, boy. as it is my episode. Um, Eliza, how many, how many, uh, give me how many, what, this episode, without any explanation, any further justification, this episode, uh, how many stars out of five? Uh, Don't explain your thinking now, just the number you assign to it. 3.6. Perfect. And see, now I have, in tribute to you, created a little mystery for the listener at home to be like, oh, why would she give it that number? I feel like if the listener at home has listened to the whole episode before this, like leading up to that moment, I think they would they would not be too mystified. No, I disagree. Okay. You're wrong. Empirically, you're incorrect. Uh, All right. So next episode, we will be discussing an episode of television that I chose for you to watch mm -hmm. from season six of True Blood, episode eight. Yep. Real in the thick of the True Blood era that a lot of people didn't watch. And you're going in just as blind, correct? Um, I actually watched up to almost the end of the second season of True Blood. Oh, okay, good. When it, All but right. when it, well, when it first aired, um, I do remember having the experience of seeing a Minotaur and being like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm All gonna... right, well, now you are. In True Blood, a fascinating show that really ties together two major HBO areas, eras, uh, where True Blood was really the closest thing they had to a hit after the end of like, Sopranos, Sex in the City, all that stuff. It was like True Blood was really like carrying them through. Yeah, and shares with Doctor Who the inappropriate age relationships between um, human women and um, uh, immortal beings. Yeah. So we'll be talking about that next time. Goodbye. Bing bong. Angry little goats. We're watching movies now. We kind of broke our brains, so we're just watching the